0: so excited to uh, be diving into, uh, we're diving into Colossians today. Uh, just, so you know, just so you know, I am excited about all of our readings, are, how to read the whole New Testament. We're all on the same page, but I also can't wait for when 2024 happens that we can dig in and stay at a spot a little bit longer as well because, uh, as we can tell, we did the Law and Order last week, and then all of a sudden there's a big trip, and I don't get to talk about a shipwreck, and I want to talk about a shipwreck. But I'm so excited for Colossians as well. And so uh, as we continue to go through uh, the scripture, I hope as you're reading along, you're you're enjoying it as much as I am and are digging in as well. I want to give you a little bit of a history of what's going to happen or what's happening with uh, Colossians here with this letter. Now... Jay did a wonderful job uh, this uh, this morning uh, at nine o'clock with Sunday school, and, and Doug and Brad when they uh, they lead they, they do such a good job playing Sunday school and talking about the history and what's going on. And so I know if you were there, some of this might sound familiar. But also I just want to make sure I give us a little bit of context because context is is huge. Uh, so many times we can read into our own stuff, but when you know the context, you have a truer uh, understanding of what the scripture is talking about. So first off. The author is Paul. It's clearly stated that in uh, chapter one and multiple times. Now there are some people that believe that it was written by someone that was a follower of Paul. There's different uh, different a little bit of beliefs on some of that, but most scholars, and the not high ninety percent, uh, believe that Paul uh, was writing this in Rome uh, during his house arrest time, uh, and it was a mature Paul writing this letter. Now I'm going to show you the first map here. The first map is going to show you. Uh, uh, right there. Uh, so, as you can clearly see, I, I made it big and white like, so you can sort of see uh, the little bit of area of where the town is. As you can see, and you can see Rome is way up there on the left side of the So, there's a lot of traveling to go. And as Jay pointed out, never goes to Kase. He never really goes there. He's right in there, and, and you'll understand why here in a little bit, but this sort of gives you an idea. This is uh, Asia, in Asia minor, modern-day Turkey. So when, you, when people talk about Turkey, that's where we're talking about this this area here. Now, if you can go to the next map, the next map, it goes a little bit, uh, a little bit more, as you can see, right there, Asia minor, and you can definitely see Classe, and then uh, Laodicea right there, and then also here Atlas right there on this big three. And as Jay uh, stole my thunder, he was basically saying it's like Fort Wayne, Roanoke, Huntington, like those kind of, uh, is, they're close, but they're, not, they're within about six to ten miles of each other. Okay, so they're there. Now, each one has a little bit of a di- different uh, prospect. Uh, Classe, the one we're talking about, is a small town, uh, very small. Uh, their main export was black gold, and they also were rich. One thing that they had was water source. So, if there was use for them, especially in this area, they had a high level of water source. Uh, that's where they were. Now, Laodicea uh, was much more of a richer area, much more wealth in the, uh, that kind of area, and then Heracles, that was much more of a military, political area. So, as you can it's got these different sections uh, of town, use, and area. So the reason why I wanted to make sure that we point this out is that this region is also extremely hedonistic. Okay, so what is happening in this area right now is a lot of Gnosticism, Okay, and basically Gnosticism and different false religions are mystic religions are basically saying like different um, uh, religions, uh, different areas have a different power. Like if you have this knowledge, you are uh, more intelligent. If you have this, uh, the way I like to say it is that initiated are uninitiated. So like even if you believe it, there are some that are higher up that they are initiated and they know how to get to that level. And you have to you pay homage to them or pay certain areas to basically get to be initiated. D- that's one area and uh, as Jay even talked about earlier there's different people as like Plato uh, different religions that have sort of talked about that there's even per- in now that's a little bit farther away uh, they even have uh, I don't know if you want to change to the next one is the Temple of Satan Saint- Saint- which is talked about in uh, in Revelations 2 12-17 we'll get to that later uh, going uh, too, uh, too deep into that but this is the area where many religions pagan religions are all set, like centered on and, and that's one of them and it's actually a to you to show it's now it's uh, turned uh, been to Germany if you want to show the. Next one. So that's actually like the people going in there. And so what this was, this temple, was a uh, sauter which is uh, basically uh, to be worshipped, uh, as they put it, is the center of um, emperor worship. We believe the state, the emperor, the emperor, the king, or the dictator, or the president should be obeyed at all costs and worshipped. There was actually a ritual process where they would go into this, they would go into the throne, and then they would go to worship us, APS, which was a god of medicine. So they would go here, they would like have to do these rituals, and then they would go to this other god to try to get medicine and then be healed. So it's this whole process. It's very filled with also Eastern religion influences. So it laid the process, it laid the whole process of basically being initiated when, uh, they're to the uninitiated. And it's always the process of becoming initiated, and someone's always higher. Now, just so we can help get into this, you know, Jesus doesn't work this way. Just. I didn't think any of you thought that, but just making sure. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but through salvation through Jesus, we are all known in the body of Christ. What is great is that this Bible holds the standard, not someone else that holds it. Like, oh, I hold it over you. We all play different roles in the body, but we are all in the body of Christ. We need to remember that. So in saying all this, and you can go down rabbit holes and go dig way deep into this, which I would recommend some of you because it can be fun as well. But as you can tell, there are many false teachers, various spiritual beliefs, dangerous, when they talk about worshiping angels, talking about different divine beings being worshiped. And most like today, it's the blending of different beliefs and practices. That was huge, and it was a prevailing approach in that time. It's called religious syncretism. This is very practical in the world that's happening right now. If you haven't noticed, if you haven't noticed today, Most people talk about New Age. Got that? You could be cool with Buddha. Jesus isn't part of that. You can all play the part. Today, we play that. Back then, it was basically Zeus and Baal. It was different gods, but all of a sudden, it's the the planning of trying to, to, I got to make sure I have, and I brought it. My, all my playing cards. My playing. Who wants to play? Who no. Okay? You have all these playing cards, and I gotta make sure. Okay, so I gotta make sure the water god, I got that card. I gotta make sure Zeus, because he's in charge of that. So I gotta make sure that I'm in charge, okay? I gotta make sure, okay, Jesus is guarding the card. I sort of think he's a little bit better. He's a draw four, so I'm gonna hold on to that one. I'm gonna pull it out, but I'm gonna also put all these other gods all around to make sure that everything, when it comes to it, then I still have the cards playing. Because when I die, I wanna make sure that, oh, it, it was this way, so I can play this card. Or if it's this way, it's this card. It's this card. It's this card. Well, I'm just letting you know, Jesus won't play that. Just don't he doesn't this is not worship this is just trying to gather to be like okay i got i did it i got it all and oh it's cool oh it's okay and we're all in it together and this one card i like a little bit more i showed up to church more but i also you know new age is cool and i, I did this and it's like whatever makes me, make me. that's what's dealing you know, in, colossus, in colossus in colossians that letter is being written to the people that do that and so what's amazing is don't we do that today what a, it's like the letter i find it hilarious how far us as humans these we become like we think we like we look back at people and be like, they are not smart, not We are so much better than them Look at who we are. And then you read this and you're like, we're no better. We've had some technology stuff that's helped us. We've had a couple things here and there that are cooler but nothing in the human world except for the same grace of Jesus has remained as positive. So when you're reading this, I want us to to know that it's, it's written in that time but also for us today. And we're going to be talking about God's mystery today and how Paul challenges all of this in God's mystery. So let's jump in. We're going to be reading Colossians 1. We're going to start in verse 21. We're going to go to 2, 3. Point number one, full circle, full circle, reconciled. Let's read it. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body, of flesh, by his death, in order to present you, holy and blameless and above approach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith in stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation and under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This point, number one, is what we talk about full circle. From the beginning of Adam and Eve, the flood, the tower of Babel, and that is all case, that falling, where God then gave the divine beams, uh, the over, the and he took and Abram. Hostile since the Adam took the body. we've been hostile towards God as we just saw in the scripture. We were evil in our actions, we were separate from the Lord. But through Jesus' death and resurrection, we are able to be full members in the family of God, not half members, half members. not like hey, I get my participation, my We're full members of the body of God. The relationship has been healed, it's been reconciled. I think that's a beautiful, amazing thing. And this is all what Jesus has done and did. It's not what you have done at all. I like how Dr. Michael Heiser says this. If you believe that you have any action that saves you, you have an ego problem. Like, you have an ego problem. If you believe that you played a part, you played the a part. There was a... A story uh sometimes uh, like i said you start going down rabbit holes why well, i've been watching a lot of videos on animals recently and there was this one where this guy goes out and he's in africa and him and a couple guys they go out and try to measure anacondas They try to see how they want to be part and see how long they are and that's really what they do and the one guy starts going out and he sees one now on this trip they have a dog that goes with them obviously you know sort of warm it's nice to have another animal And oh he sees that his dog's off in the distance just a little bit but he sees an anaconda coming up from behind He's there, he's about 40 yards, just on the other side. So what he does is he's like, i got to save my dog. So he runs over there, and he grabs the head of the snake. Okay, so he's put his leg over, he's grabbed the head of the snake, and he's got it. He's yelling, I got it, I got it, I got it. I got it. And all of a sudden, the snake wraps itself the first wrap around his this shoulder. It's like, he gets, that, he gets that, then the snake grabs the other side, and now his hands are tied and his chest, and he can remember, he can feel his, uh, his vertebrae and his collarbone starting to start. He could actually feel that, like, with each breath, the snake is starting to take over as he thought he had the snake. As he thought he has the snake, and all of a sudden, the snake now has him, and he's starting to pull on on him. He's... He's 15 seconds from being dead and then all of a sudden his body's sprinting over, grabs no. the back of the snake and starts wheeling it back and forth so that he just, so that he just can get out of it because now the snake's attacking him. They both, end up, they both end up escaping. But so many times, I think that's as humans, we have a snake and we did stuff. Look at us. We're really cool. And all of a sudden, we've done nothing. We're dead in our sin. We're dead in it. We're dead in it. That we're caught in it. That we're caught in it. There's nothing we can do. What's actually happening is we need a savior. A savior that comes and that comes and the snake off of us. But all of a sudden, you can't be there and be like, look what I did, I did. I say, no, we need to save her. And I think too many times, we look like, oh, look at what I've done, look at what Jesus has done. Jesus has reconciled the relationship and has come full circle, so now we can be together. This is believing loyalty in Jesus. It is something that you must continue through your life. You can't abandon this believing loyalty. I'm not saying that you don't struggle. It does not saying that there aren't doubts. Just like Peter denied Jesus three times, but he was still with Christ. His heart was still with Him. It's not saying that we don't struggle, but as you can see over time, this is a believing loyalty. To look at biblical security properly, you need to know what the Bible says about it. It's not cool quotes that people have come up with. You need to actually read the Bible and know what it says. I like it this way. If you believe the gospel, you are eternally secure. If you don't believe the gospel, you're not eternally secure. It's not that difficult. You must believe the gospel. And throughout the scripture, it says that we must continue the faith. And in verse 23, as it says this, we must continue in the faith. be stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Don't lose hope. Don't shift. Don't continue in the faith. And that's a great. That lesson for Colossians as we continue through it. Point number two church suffering. Us as bodies of believers, suffering and going through it together. Paul says in verse 24, Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. To make the word of God fully known, fully a mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone as a in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, and that he powerfully works within me. Paul says that he rejoices in his suffering for your sake, for the church's sake. You might remember, Paul's writing on this from jail. Even in suffering, Paul's just got out of a shipwreck. He's in jail. He knows where he's going because he's doing it for the church's sake. Most commentators believe that this passage is dealing with the different afflictions of Christ. Uh, some say it's on Christ, but some commentators, and I like how Goosik puts it, see this as a reference to the afflictions Jesus endures during his ministry, and afflictions that he has not yet completed. In the sense that Jesus suffers as he ministers through his people now, because Jesus is with us now, because Jesus uh, is going to go through these afflictions and suffer. That the same sufferings that we are too. This would mean, as we as a church are called to suffer for the gospel. I would like to view this in a sense that we are just to suffer, not just to suffer in ourselves, but we are to suffer for the sake of the body of Christ. If you look around, your neighbor right next to you, we are to be committed to them. We are to be going with them. In this sense that we are to suffer alongside them. When they are down, we are there to pick them up. When they are, we are good, we are supposed to celebrate with them. We are supposed to go through it With them. With them. I find it really interesting so many times we try to find a church today that it's what i like it's what i want i, I don't like what the pastor's saying so i'm going to go somewhere else or gonna, i don't like my i'm going to go somewhere else but this person did not make the cookies i like they keep putting too many raisins in it i'm not coming back we try to make it he, Is that suffering for christ i don't think that's suffering at all that's, that's but what it, but think about what is our american culture done and our church has given into it it's something like it's not about jesus it's been about hey, how can i make how can i make this suitable for years how can i make this so we can keep hanging out that's not suffering for someone so no, it's when someone is going through something. That's what we're called to do. Paul suffered for the church, and you and I are to suffer for the church too. And this leads to point number three: mystery in Christ. It says this, starting in chapter two, verse one. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged being be knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is in Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, Paul uses in his writings the word mystery 21 times. He just used it, if you didn't notice, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. He just said, the mystery hid us for ages and generations. He said, now reveal. Now, okay, what is that? Okay, we'll get to that. And then, then it goes into verse 27. To them, God, uh, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Mystery also usually is to God's action now in the past. It's not usually a, future. a lot of times, but mystery is something that will be revealed in the future. Paul is talking about what has been revealed in the past and what is being revealed now in his time. The mystery is the completion of the gospel. If Satan would have not have killed Jesus, he wouldn't have killed. He wouldn't have killed Jesus if he knew the plan. If he knew the plan, why would Satan kill Jesus? That his death and resurrection would be his final defeat. He wouldn't have done it. The mystery was the completion of the gospel from that of the Messiah and that of all. As you can tell, there's been something out here the entire time. It's a mystery. What is it? Let me give you some hints. It protects you. There's something in there that protects you. You can tie it. You can tie it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's used every day. It's flexible, but durable. And you probably have multiple. Do I know what its Oh, no one wants to know what it is. All right, we'll continue, I know, okay. I know, I know someone's got it right already. Anyone else want to take a guess? take a guess. Take a guess. Shoes. 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 It's shoes. But now, we 100% know what they are. They're shoes. And just like that, throughout, when you look through the Old Testament, so many times now, when the gospel is filled, you look back and be like, oh, Jesus, I feel that. Jesus, Jesus was culmination of that. It's interesting because even the disciples didn't know the time when Jesus said he was going to die and rise in 30 days or the temple was going to be destroyed days. So they didn't know what he was talking about. That was a mystery. As Dr. Heiser puts it, it's all there in the Old Testament, but it's fragmented intentionally because when your eyes are open, you see it. Once you see Jesus, then you look back and see, how did I miss that? I missed that. I don't know. The there has been times in your life where you see something, you like, oh my goodness, it makes sense now. makes sense now. And that was the way when Jesus is revealed. It's all through Jesus. It is all the completion of Jesus. And it is now finished. And then you look back and you're like, oh it's, all there. oh, it's all there. I see it all. I see it all. We're gonna jump and we're gonna be going into Ephesians actually, but I want to hit a couple of uh, quotes in Ephesians because it echoes that. Ephesians 3 1 through 7 says this. says this. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that has been given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Christ. Jesus and the reason why I want to jump to that because then it goes, back to me, it goes back to point number one, we are, it's the completion of the circle. It is the pulling back in the Gentiles, but the Jewish people in Israel the one is now together and they're together in church suffering, they're together. He is trying to pull in to all these people, the Gentiles and all this that you are in, you are in this family. It's all been restored. It's all been restored, There is a huge difference, huge difference before the cross and after the cross. There's a huge difference. And so many times we get to benefit of being after the cross. We get to see it. We get to know it. What a beautiful thing. And the resurrection, the resurrection, it's been revealed. Ephesians 1, 7 through 10, then we're going to continue, says this, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. under Christ. As it says, Christ and whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, uh, Guzik puts it this way. There's an important idea in Paul's letter to the Colossians. With this, Paul refuted some of the bad teaching and trouble in the Colossians and Christians. They were influenced by teachers who told them to seek treasures of wisdom and knowledge, but not seek them in Jesus. This is what Paul wrote. You will, find, you will only find all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Jesus. He has them all. It's not wrong to seek after wisdom and knowledge, but we must seek it all in Jesus. In Jesus. I thought I had a really cool code, but then, of course, then Jay said something. It's very similar downstairs, and then I was like, my goodness, Jay, stop stealing all the good things. But he did talk about, not about everything you hear from me. You're smart. smart. Our cool people is from God. We need to check it with the truth. And this is, and I like how Heiser puts this, and this is a reference to this Tower of Babel, and this is the reference of the combination of what's happening in Colossians here, what Paul's really getting at. And Heiser puts it in this way, and that's a total slam, and I love it, uh, because I used to play on the basketball court and I like to toss a little trash. Uh, but Paul does it a little bit better in this sense. He, Paul is saying uh, that the Gentiles have been taught all these false gods. Most of them have known about Yahweh, and at the Tower of Babel, Yahweh had given over these lesser deities over different areas of the world. And so over different cities and over this. And so what is happening here is Paul is basically saying to the Gentiles, you have worshiped these false gods, all these false gods that now have been over these towns and all this kind of stuff they you worship from the Baals, from the Zeus, all those like, you don't worship them. And they have this great knowledge and they have this great understanding and they know all things, yeah, except, except, they were just fooled by Yahweh, and fooled by Jesus, so why are we still, why would you still worship these false gods that are clearly not that of knowledge of wisdom? Why would you follow such a thing that is worldly, that has failed? Because the one true God, Jesus, has just demolished them, and embarrassed them. What's is funny is that happened with Moses and the plagues. It was not just, oh, not just Moses and David. they're taken out, oh, the Egyptian gods. It is, it, is, it is regaining the land. It is saying that, no, Jesus is the true God. All these other ones are false. But here's the problem. And just like today, we still worship false gods. The challenge I have for you today is you have to, are we influenced by worldly things? Are we influenced by worldly things that are dictating our life? Handing them over. When we play our cards, are we just holding on to, yeah, Jesus is here. My job is very important. I find my identity in that. How I look is very important. The amount of money I have is very important. Very important. And you know what it's okay i'm gonna you know i know some of uh, i'm gonna do some yoga it's fine i don't i'm not gonna you know really worship other hindu guys i'm just gonna you know uh, so that one might be there but you know i haven't really done any research so i'm gonna be there. i'm gonna but it's cool it's cool if you're like spiritual oh no, you, you don't have to and all of a sudden we start having these own cards in our life we start putting it there and Paul and Jesus are saying no no why are you dealing with these false gods why are you dealing with this lesser stuff that's has been false over false and The true mystery has been revealed. There's no more time. You can't say what's in the box anymore. You can't say what's in the bag anymore. You've seen it. You know it's there. It's there. And so our challenge is to know it and then share it. Share it. Now we know what's in it. The mystery has been revealed. The guidance. The completion. And now we have opportunity to tell other people. And the promise is, if you don't really want to hand it over or give it over, do you really think that's your treasure? Do you really value it? I used to collect basketball cards when I was a kid. My favorite player was Cheney. Okay, He played for Indiana. Well, he, he had a great 15 like, year career on the NBA, but he wasn't like Jewel Michael Jordan or anybody like that. But, like, but you know what, I got a nice card, like Howard. I got one by him, and then I also had one by Steve Offer. Steve Offord, was another IU basketball player, and I went to his basketball camp and I got signed. You know when I was a kid, I loved showing that thing off. Look what I got, sucker. Ha ha, 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 Steve Walker likes me, ha, ha, ha. He signed it, but it's like, I wanted to show it off, and my challenge to you is to show off Jesus, are you so intertwined with other false gods that people can't really see that, they see the job part, they see the, oh, that person cares, that person's so busy, they don't have time for me, or whatever it is, is God truly God in your life, and this is what is agreed uh, about this whole letter, if you are dealing with worldly things, I want you to dig into this letter, this letter is about putting things into our priorities, this letter is about not just back then, but it is affecting Today, it affects today how we live our lives. our lives. And if you are dealing with worldliness, or you are dealing with something that you're like, I'm suffering in the church and I've never run, I, I encourage you in the, in the letters of the, the next area is to sign something things and turn it in the back. Because the worst thing you could do is say, hey, I'm, I'm fine. But really what's happening is the snake just wrapped around you and taking control. It's wrapped you and you've let false gods kill you. Don't let that, be free of it. Be free of it. That's a challenge I ask I, for you all. Because the thing is, is worldliness can creep in very quickly. False gods can creep in very quickly. Don't think for a minute that saying doesn't try to come in like light. Come in and just sort of come in and be like, yeah, it's okay. You need to know what you're standing on. The truth and wisdom of the scriptures, And I challenge you too. challenge what I even say up here. In a sense, go to the scripture. Because I too will be held accountable for what I say up here. But you too will be held accountable. So I encourage you, read the word. Know that you're following Jesus, not the word. And if you're having struggles, know that we have a church that's willing to suffer with you in it. You are not alone. And that's why we don't just uh, have these cards here just to look pretty. We have them here because we want to be part of the body and suffer together. That's what true families do. And as we sing, I don't want you to start thinking of whatever you've got going on for lunch or what you have going on. I want you and God to have just time together. I mean, focus on him and focus him alone, him. and uh, challenge the Holy Spirit to say, Do I have some worldliness stuff in my heart? That's time to get rid of that it. That's time to deal with That I need to hand over. And that's only for you and God to know that, that the church is here. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thirty, Father, I thank you so much for who you, are, for who you are. I thank you for this time together. I thank you for putting to shame all the false gods. I thank you for putting to shame uh, all the, the worldliness. And I apologize if I take a step in the wrong direction. Wrong direction. I want to follow you. I want to pursue you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the snakes off of my life. Thank you for taking the sin away and being restored fully. And I thank you for everyone in here right now. May they know that you're with them, suffering along with them just as we are together. Not for our sake, but for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of your name being glorified. May your name be praised out of our mouth. May your name be praised out of our actions. May your name be praised out of our thoughts. May we not speak one thing to another, but may we justly walk in your path. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.